You're listening to The Served Up Show, a podcast that features inspiring beverage professionals and topic experts that share their passions through meaningful content. Your hostesses, Bridget Albert, is best known as the Market Fresh Mixologist, an industry mentor with over 25 years of experience. And I'm Julie Milroy, best known for my passion for leading change and helping others grow in their careers. Grab a cocktail and sit back. Let's learn how we can make a positive impact in our industry. Hey y'all, it's Bridget here. We are honored to be powered by the women winemakers of Banshee and Ferrari Corona at the Food Network's New York City Wine and Food Festival. This is a star-studded four-day event showcasing the talents of world-renowned chefs, wine and spirit experts, and so much more at the Food Network New York City Wine and Food Festival. Hello, Served Up friends. Julie here. On this episode, I am thrilled to introduce you to scientist and executive chef Vidya Maharaj. Chef scientist Vidya is one of the most determined, positive, and loving people I know. Born in Trinidad, FIU graduate of biological sciences, and a naturally born chef, Vidya is doing all the things. Not only is she currently VP of Regenerative Outcomes, She's recently teamed up with Cook Unity to extend her flavors to a wider audience in North America with the Kickstart right here in Miami. She's also launched two products, her signature hot sauce and array of her cocktail bar syrups, all of which will be available via her website at vidyamaharaj.com. That's V-I-D-Y-A-M-A-H-A-R-A-J.com. Now sit back, grab your favorite Dia Craft cocktail, and get inspired. Hi, Vidya. Thank you so much for joining us on Served Up today. I am so excited to have you with us. Thank you, Julie, for having me. I'm really excited to be here today to share my story. Well, I can't wait to dig in. Um, For our listeners, Vidya, I've gotten to know you over, I want to say the last year, um, woo, woo, one year um, anniversary for Chief. And, and we met early on and I just feel like we connected. Um, number one, you're just, I loved your profile picture. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> With like the half shot. I remember showing it to my husband, like, look at it. He's like, oh my God, that is so freaking cool. So for our listeners... I mean, we might actually, maybe we'll use that for your announcement. And so everybody has already seen it, but it's like half like chief business expert and then like half chief chef, you know, and it's such a great photo, but that definitely caught my eye and just meeting you and, and um, learning a little about you. I could relate in a lot of ways to my family and the culture I grew up with, um, So share with our listeners, how did you get your start? Because I think your story is so interesting. You know, you're in hospitality and food and beverage, but that's not like the only thing you do. So bring us all to kind of your journey 
and how you got to where you are today. And don't leave anything out and take your time because it's all about hearing from you. Oh, thank you so much for that introduction, Julie. So my story, I think, like everyone else, is very similar. It's a lot of hard work. It was not a straight path to begin with. Um, I started off, uh, we migrated here from Trinidad with my family, and I was supposed to be a doctor. <laughs> went to school to, you know, medic, um, went to um, FIU, so I'm a local from Miami migrating from Trinidad and I did my bachelor's in biology and I went on to do my master's in epidemiology and I started working with CDC and um, working, you know, in pharma and I've always been very close with my family. So whatever businesses they were part of, I would always be, you know, incorporated in those decisions and we would work together again as a family. So how I got into the restaurant industry. <laughs> my brother always loved my cooking. And, and I can tell you since, I mean, I can remember him as a child, like, you know, he would be so excited for me to cook stuff. And when I cooked, it was such a big, you know, it was such a big event, apparently. And I'm like, I never really remembered it. But everyone was like, oh, video's cooking, video's cooking. And I'm not a trained chef. I did not go to culinary school. I went to you know, I did biology. You did <laughs> biology. Biased. You were exactly. you were getting to be. I guess that's that's a little relative, or well, chemistry. <laughs> yeah, scientists. You know that route. And um, he's been begging me to open a restaurant since. Um, I mean, he was like 15 and he's like, you need to open a restaurant. I'm like, are you crazy? I'm a scientist. I'm going to school to be a scientist or a doctor. And, um, and, you know, just years, you know, went on and he, every year he would ask me, can you, I want to open a restaurant with you. And I'm like, no. And then finally in 2019, he said, um, I'm buying a restaurant and I'm like, I'm at the peak of my career as a former executive. It took me 10 plus years to get here. And I'm not going to do anything to jeopardize that because I really want to do this more than anything else. And he's like, well, I'm going to do this without you, but I would love if you were involved. And I'm like, no, I really want to concentrate on being, you know, and and really owning this role and being successful at it. And um, he had his soft opening January 2020, the first, like the first, the second week of January. And I got there and during the soft opening, I, I, I really didn't, you know, I, I was not impressed. Now, mind you, I show up and I thought it was like the small little, you know, mom and pop cafeteria kind of thing, you know, really small establishment. It was this huge, huge establishment in Miami Beach and fine dining with three locations and three venues in one location. And I'm like, are you crazy? And as I said, I was not impressed. And I said, um, do you have butter paneer for my daughter? And he said, well, I can ask the chef. And the chef was like, no, it's too difficult to make. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It takes five minutes to make butter paneer. I went into the kitchen and I never left. Oh, my God. I love that. And it all started with butter paneer for my daughter. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so, um, you know, I don't know why I didn't know that you guys came from Trinidad. So tell us about how your family, because your your heritage is Indian. Yes. 
So yes. did your family immigrate to Trinidad and, and were you born there? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I'm fifth generation Indian. So in the Caribbean, you had migrations in the 1800s for indentureship. And, you know, like a lot of West Indians, I am fifth generation. And my parents and my great grandparents were born in Trinidad, migrated from India. And, um, and uh, we, my father migrated here in the 80s. And then we followed after finishing our education in Trinidad to attend college here. Oh my gosh. So do you still go back to Trinidad? Do you still have friends and family there? I do have my extended um, side of the family, all my close family, my siblings are here with my parents. And I do have a few like aunts and uncles here, but I used to go back, you know, when I recently migrated, but in the recent years after getting married, I think, you know, I kind of like um, got busy with life and work and, you know, all of that stuff. So I don't really go back that often, but I do keep in contact with my family over there. Amazing. Um, and have you gone back to, have you gone to India and, and explored and, and been there as well? Yes, I did. So in 2009, um, when my husband proposed, I wanted to do the whole big Indian wedding. You have to. I mean, <laughs> how could you not? That's like, one of the, like that is like a life goal. <laughs> like, yes, yes. And, you know, my parents. An Indian wedding. Yes, yeah. exactly. And my parents, they um, have never been to India, actually. So migrating to the United States, they always wanted to go to India. And it was a dream of my dad to go to India. But he, you know, came here, worked hard and was always very busy. And he never made it until then. So I told, and I always wanted him to go because he was diagnosed with early stage Parkinson at a very early stage in his life. And just like Michael J. Fox. And um, I knew that later on, it would get harder for him to travel. So I knew this was my opportunity to get him to India was for me to just book a ticket. And I literally one night told him, I need your credit card. I am booking a ticket <laughs> to go to India. And he was like, why? I'm like, well, I'm going to go shop for the wedding. And I had friends in India who I already, I spoke to so many times and they said, if you ever come to India, you can stay with me. So I had all of that figured out. And I, I went, I just booked a ticket and, and I left. I, and um, he followed me and I said, um, I can't do this shopping by myself. So two weeks after he came to India and that was such a huge, huge thing for our family, for him to travel, even in his condition, to the country where his ancestors came from. So it's oh. a very dear story to my heart because after that, he was not able to travel far distances. And um, I'm just so happy oh. he made it. But yeah, and we had the huge Indian wedding, you know, five days in Miami. And um, yeah, <laughs> and it was the, the coldest world. day in Miami, one of the second coldest day in Miami history when my wedding happened. Really? But cold yeah. days are a blessing here, right? <laughs> it was really cold. When I say cold, I mean, we had the entire hotel blocked off for the wedding and we did, we just used just the ballroom. Oh my goodness. It was so cold. <laughs> but like, it was no cool. Yeah. That's amazing. So, okay. Fast track to the restaurant. So your brother, you told him like, I'm not doing the restaurant. He ends up hiring a chef. So was it a, like an Indian cuisine restaurant then? 
but no yeah. butter paneer or what was the con I'm just curious <laughs> so yeah so I mean I, and the chef was you know he was really good he was a young guy really ambitious and um you know I just um I I think the restaurant needed to go in a different direction so we started off as very traditional Indian cuisine and it was vegetarian not vegan because we are vegetarians we were we grew up vegetarians it was very difficult for my parents and us to eat out because you know we're very like strict about that and um, I can count with my fingers how many times my parents ate out that's how strict we were and um, you know I said well there's a vegetarian there is an Indian restaurant right down the street how are we going to you know compete what, is, what are we going to do different? And that's one of the things that I spoke to my brother about. Even though we're a vegetarian restaurant, we have the same dishes they're offering right down the street, like a five minute walk. How do we differentiate ourselves from them? What do, how do we make a different mark um, in this industry, which is very difficult? And I said, I want to, you know, I want to create Indian cuisine, but with a fusion, I want to do things differently. And um, I wanted to create a menu that was completely different than the other restaurants and pretty much taking traditional cuisines, but putting a fusion to it and adding a lot of Latin spices and different spices from around the world made that difference. And that's why we stood out compared to the other restaurant. And again, we were not competing with each other because we both had something different to offer, which worked to both of our benefits. Mm -hmm. I love that because it's like, you know, and, and that's one of my favorite cuisines in the world. I mean, along with Korean, of course, is Indian. And I feel like it's because like what makes it unique is that everywhere that Indian cuisine has gone, it's really um it pulled in those local ingredients. So some of the best Indian food I've ever had was in Cape Town um, in South Africa. And there's so much of this like, you know, spices and flavors and ingredients from all over Africa, from all over Asia because of the, the slave trade and everybody, you know, being moved in. So it's just, um, it's amazing. And I never really put that much thought into it, but I love because I've had your cooking, obviously, and it's amazing. And I can't wait to go into what that next level of why it's different. Um, and you talk about that. But now it makes sense that your upbringing and, and your connection with the Caribbean and the Latin influence is shows up in your food. Because I do notice like, yeah, I've had Indian cuisine that's unique and different outside of traditional. Um and and that's totally makes sense that that's kind of where you pull your flavors from. So tell us a little bit more about some of the unique things that with your science background that offers you to to do things that nobody else has done in this space <laughs> at so, all. <laughs> so I'll start with this. Um you know, when my sister-in-law asked me, because she would normally ask me for recipes and I'd be like, oh, you just throw this and this in there and you're good to go. Well, getting into the restaurant industry, you couldn't do that. And now I understand why we have a lot of, um, you know, because uh, restaurants that are not consistent on a regular, like, you know, schedule of like when you go in there and you're not getting the same flavors is because they don't follow recipes. And I've had a lot of, you know, friends who own restaurants in South Florida 
who talk about consistency is an issue because they have high turnovers for chefs. And one of the reasons why our restaurant was so successful is because not I was also the executive chef, but also co-owner of the restaurant as well. So I had to, you know, I, I managed that day-to-day with my family members, um, the, with the help of my brothers who helped me, you know, a lot. And also my sister-in-law, they play a huge role in managing the restaurant with me so I can keep my other job, <laughs> which I also have another full-time job, which I still do as well, um, which I, I never gave up my former job. But, um, um, but just having that consistency and following the recipes. And uh, if you look at some of my recent videos of me working, you'll always see my recipe book next to me. And that's something that's very dear and near to my heart because everyone that's um, employed and work in my kitchen, they need to follow the recipes. And I, you know, I'm very strict with that. Like if I see you cook and you do not have the recipe book, then I know that you're not following it. I don't care if it's in your head. It needs to be there to always remind you what goes into those recipes. So I think that played a huge role in, um, in you know, in being successful, always consistent with our food um, for our customers. And, um, you know, it was hard finding people um, to follow that rule. And that's something that I said, one of a lot of my friends who are in the restaurant industry, that's something they, that's a huge challenge for them. And being a scientist, again, you always, you know, it's, it's just always having that notepad there with pen and taking notes. And I implemented that in the restaurant and whatever recipe I worked on, I would always make notes, but my sister-in-law made fun of me because prior to the restaurant, I would just put a dash of this and a dash of that and you're good to go. <laughs> so it was, you know, coming up with all those strategies to kind of keep consistency. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the difference, right? Between a home chef and then a commercial chef, because if, and and I love that you brought up science because my son was doing a science project last night and like hoverboard and how far it goes and you have to manage the variables. And every time you push it, you push it the same way, but the measure, you know, the, the, the distance is different or the time and, and all of that. So, I mean, I think that's such a great point because that's my mom, same way, like self-made chef, like it was just so natural to her. But it was always like, just use one scoop, you know, and her hand is smaller than everybody. So it's like your one hand scoop is going to be different from somebody else's one hand scoop or pinch of this and pinch of that. And her having a restaurant, that was the biggest challenge, because if she wasn't cooking, like nobody's getting food today. And and then when she did try to hire a chef, it was never up to her standard. So it's just, you know, and, and that's probably the hardest thing is that consistency. That's a great point. And so tell us, you've got to share what one of the standout things, I don't want to say it for you, but like, you know, some of the things that you've used your science background, you know, besides the menu, you know, the recipe book, but like on how you've created some of these dishes that you would like, and they're some of the popular kind of meat dishes, right? Like for example, pork belly, everybody loves pork belly because of the texture and this and all of the, you know, everything about pork belly, you've created a dish very similar, but there's no pork <laughs> belly in it. <laughs> Tell us about that. So I get my inspiration from eating out as well, right? Going to other restaurants and so on. So I, I visited this barbecue place in um, Coral Springs and I fell in love with the vegan barbecue sandwich. And 
I loved it so much that I said, okay, I'm going to try to recreate this, but even put my own spin on it. And I remember telling my husband, we got to go back and get just the barbecue. And I sat in the car with a notebook and I took, I would, every bite I took, I literally was writing things down of what I think is in it and the taste of it. And I made my own notes. And then I went into the kitchen and I took different meat products, fake meat products, like vegan um, substitutes. And I played with it. And um, just, you know, that was one of the things that I did, again, with my science background, I was able to implement my hypothesis. (laughs) I'm coming up with (laughs) a solution to my curiousness of, you know, um, of trying to um, come up with a a substitute that is very similar to meat, but not, um, you know, that you can fool any um, customer with. And I pretty much did that, um, again, just, you know, by tasting it. And again, I get my inspiration from eating at other restaurants. So it is our Kansas City burnt end barbecue, and we make it with impossible meat. And um, we use two different types of meat, but the process in making it is is pretty much the technique and how you cook it and um, the spices that go into it. And everyone loved it so much. We fooled a lot of customers with that particular dish. And um, we've got, you know, a lot of people approached us for the recipe and wanted to put it on their menu. And that's something we're working with some big corporations on right now. And we're launching our chef to delivery um, service with a company that we teamed up with to offer one of those dishes as well as part of our meal service um, delivery. Well, for somebody that doesn't eat meat and probably never eats meat, it tastes like me, like the texture and everything. It was so good. I think it, the one that I had came in the buns, right? Yes. Like, oh my God, so good. <laughs> so I don't, and I've never had meat in my life. I don't know what it tastes like. So what I would do is in order to get the feedback, I would give it to my workers and customers. And I would say, I want you to be brutally honest with me about what you think about this. And I don't want you to be kind to me. I don't want you to be polite. I don't want you to have any type of feeling like I'm in front of you, be honest. And I would take that feedback. And sometimes I got really good feedback and I would change the recipe. So I, you know, I wouldn't trust it to my family who have never had me. Yeah. Like a vegetarian wants something to taste vegetarian, (laughs) right? Like you don't really want, you don't really, you're not expecting that meat texture or the certain things that come from me. And um, so that's great that you got feedback from people that like their meat, right? Exactly. And we did that a lot of our dishes. One of our most popular um, dishes were um, our dosa, which is a fermented rice crepe that you fill with. Um, a, we did a meat filling inside made out of impossible meat, but we seasoned it. And again, some of these had a little bit of Indian um, spices to it, but we want to create something that Americans know as well. So we create a cheeseburger dosa and, mm-hmm. you know, people would say it's like having a burger with this rice crepe, you know, and they really loved it. So that was one of our other famous dishes. And then we had our dumplings as well. I mean, you know, it's um, I think a lot of it comes from the feedback that we got when we would do, I would call it my like test kitchen days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and again, you know, um, 
I think the reason why we had to really make everything in-house is we were hit with the pandemic, right? We opened January 2020 and the pandemic happened. And um, I got a lot of calls to to, you know, start working and um, with other companies. And I told them, no, I got to stick with my family through this. I'll keep my current job and try to make this work. And it was a blessing in disguise. I hate to say this, but I stopped traveling altogether. And I would work from the restaurant kitchen, um, my day job, and I would work on recipes at the same time. So I literally had my computer set up in the kitchen and I would answer emails, do meetings, and then go back to my recipe creation. So when we opened back the restaurant, we had like a different cuisine. We went all vegan and um, we had to find ways to, to really source products and source things to, you know, to, that can work for us during the pandemic. So one of the things we created, um, we were buying syrups for our cocktails. It was very expensive. And I said, well, let's try to make it in-house. And that's how we started making our syrup line in-house mm-hmm. at DIA. And um, that's also now one of the things that we're going to be launching soon, along with our hot sauce. I love it. So tell us about this syrup. You know, I, I love that as challenging as COVID was for all of us, it really, I think, took us back to like craft, right? And it's like, okay, well, why am I dealing with supply chain and and additional costs, you know, to buy the syrup when when we can make it in-house, right? So so how how did you make the syrup and what's the plan with the syrup? <laughs> so desperate times come for innovation, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. It forces innovation. It's not exactly. just a nice to have. It's a must have to survive. <laughs> exactly. And during that time when you're not making any sales, but you do have customers who want to purchase these lemonades and these you know, beverages that were allowed to be purchased now through um, you know, online sales, you could do that, right? Because there were certain laws that put into place. So you know, we started um, just making different types of syrups that we can make our lemonades and our cocktails with in-house. And um, we found that it was, you know, it was a, a simple process, but it had to be done the right way. And I mean, and as you know, I did a lot of research online and being a, um, you know, a scientist, finding the right, you know, formula. So you don't have, you have that balance where it's not going to spoil and it can last and it can be a gourmet sauce long enough for the usage before, you know, it, it goes bad. Right. So I think um, with that, we, we created something great and, um, and everyone would come in and they'd be like, can we get a bottle of your syrup? Because we want to make our syrup, we want to make the cocktails at home. And that's how it all started, you know, um, our customers. It's a feedback from our customers. It's the want from our the wants from our customers. And we were able to create a food service. We're going into food service now, product to market, um, product we're in product development for our syrups right now. And we're um we launched our hot sauce and it's in manufacturing right now. We just went to the facility, approved the recipe and start manufacturing for hot sauce. Same thing, the hot sauce took about three months to perfect, but we finally did it. And we would have customers coming in and say, oh, can we have some of the hot sauce to go? And I said, okay, I woke up one morning in March and I said, I'm going to bottle this. You know, I bought bottles on Amazon (laughs) and I started doing my own bottling. I look into, you know, how you bottle hot sauce and I couldn't keep up with the demand. 
Oh my goodness. And that's how it started. And um, again, you know, we have all these amazing expansion models that we were working on at the same time. So we were like, okay, we have hot sauce, we have syrups, and now we have, you know, chef to delivery um, food service. And we can all work on that together as a group. And um, again, my brothers and my sister-in-law, they all help me. So I do the recipes. I start the project and they take over. <laughs> yeah, it's it's such a great team. I, I don't think we would be here today without like all the owners fully vested in, you know, making this work, especially that we're completely self-funded. Um, company and women minority owned, you know, we're, we have to put ourselves out there you know, a lot of challenges and we'll get to that again, but um, all the expansion models hit at the same time. And that's a great thing, <laughs> you know, a, a disguise, a blessing in disguise. And we had to really work fast at it because you want to grab every opportunity as an entrepreneur and people are like, oh my goodness, your Instagram is blowing up with all these things that are launching. How do you keep up? And then I would say it takes a team, right? It takes literally a team to make this happen. And we had to, um, you know, close front of house in order to get these projects off the ground. So right now the restaurant is closed because we're literally launching, you know, our food, again, chef to delivery um, food service. And I can actually call, you know, say now because the contract is signed and it's a huge company. Um, and yeah, so you're going to see us, you know, soon it's in Florida and East coast and then nationwide, hopefully once I get some chefs in place and yeah, I mean, it, it literally took all of us. My brother was there in the kitchen, helping me with that as well. So yeah, it takes a team to make this work. That is incredible. So tell us, do you have a name for the brand? What, or can you share that or is that? hush hush right now for no, no, the it, products and everything so it's not hush hush so um so we teamed up with cook unity mm-hmm. and i'm sure a lot of you see that on instagram you know the fr- um let the talented chefs cook for you <laughs> so that's their you know that's mm-hmm. their um their whole uh, slogan and let the talent um, chef cook for you i love yeah. that Mm-hmm. And um, some really great chefs are part of that. A local chef, Michelle Bernstein. I'm sure you know who she, mm-hmm. you know who she is. She has a bunch of restaurants in Miami. She's also part of that platform, and um, some other chefs around, um, you know, United States. So I'm really honored to be part of it. And that's launching in November. And um, our hot sauce is being worked on for distribution in major um, supermarkets. Uh, we're in talks, possible talks with like, I, I can't really say the names of those, but I have, it's going to be available nationwide and also be available in certain places like, you know, VIP lounges, Centurion lounges, airports, um, nursing homes, hospitals, um, arenas, things like that. Amazing. And then, it is that is it Dia? So it is a Dia food service, but our hospitality group is Rockman um hospitality okay. group. And this is a there's a reason for that. It's named after my father. So Aww. and that's his name. So you know, our our um company is Rockman Hospitality Group because we want to keep it a hospitality group because later on we will go back into front of house, but now we're just focusing on DF food service, which is mm-hmm. all the products that are going to be launched. 
Very nice. Oh my God. That's so exciting. I I can't wait. So tell us what that journey was like for you. Was it just, are you one of these people to just touch something and it turns to gold and, and every, like the road was paved and sunshine and light and people willing to help along the way? So yes and no. <laughs> I think it it was a very difficult, difficult road. I'm not going to say it was an easy road. And, you know, a lot of restaurateurs are going to tell you the same thing. You know, a lot of restaurants don't make it the first year, right? Six months, you you have to cross the six months, then the year, then the two years. And once you're in the third year, they say, it's an, you know, it's you're good to go. Yeah. Um, and you're either good or you're suffering. And I remember when we first, and I knew you had a restaurant and I was like, oh my God, you know, I grew up in a family owned restaurant. I know how hard you work and you know, everything you're saying of like, it's a family business, right? You all work together. Everybody has their part. Like I can relate with that so much. Um, I'll let you continue. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. And I, I know you can relate. And that's great because I think that's why we connected on that level as well. Not just being cheap, but we've been in, you know, the hospitality industry, right? Your mom owned a restaurant and you know the work that goes into it. And, um, you know, and my and, and my sister-in-law, you know, we 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 would be there early in the morning. Um, she would be doing administrative. Meanwhile, having the restaurant during the entire time of having the restaurant, she had two kids. <laughs> so she's been like pregnant on the other side of the kitchen, expoing on a busy nights. And I am literally in front of the stove cooking and sending out food for our customers. So it's, you know, it's, it's been very challenging. It was not an easy road, but we all knew that we were going to work as hard as we can and have no regrets. And I think people saw that in us, right? People saw the work ethics in all of us. And um, and that just brought a lot of positivity and opportunities our way that I think, you know, we're blessed, to be honest. Um, to, to get this far with not having any investors, um, and I can tell you, we tried. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and having, you know, we were not, we went out there trying to find investors, went to the banks and like every restaurateur, you, you, you know, you would probably understand that it's really hard to get a loan, you know, and um, it's just finding how to stay afloat until you can get to that point where you can see now we're successful. And I think we're getting there. And we're getting the recognition, but it's still a very, very long road. And I would say this to any restaurateur, anyone wants to open a restaurant or get into the industry. It is not easy. I cried. There are many times where we all cried together, where we're like, we may not make it this month. And then we made it, you know, and we had a vision. And I think staying true to who we are and not, um, you know, straying is the reason why we're here today. But again, we've, it's not an easy, easy road. And I can tell you a story where um, I did a pitch for a huge, huge uh, organization in South Florida. I'm not going to call names because I'm not like that. Um, And it would have been a huge story if it would have hit um, Miami Herald and all of these other um, news outlets. 
But um, I did a tasting and um, the feedback I got was literally Miami is not ready for your delicious food and your spicy chicken sandwich. Mind you, when I did the tasting, they had no idea that it was vegan. They really loved it. The feedback was so good. And we saw everyone packing the food and lemonades to go because they loved it so much. And at the end of the tasting, I'm like, well, just so you know, this is all vegan. And they were like, are you kidding me? You know, mouth dropped. I love that you didn't even tell them. They thought it was chicken and it wasn't. (laughs) Chicken and 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 um, smash burgers, right? And barbecue burnt and sandwiches, and they had no clue. And um, I think that's what we wanted to give to Miami, and um, and we and we gave that. And I'm so I apologize. I'm in a hotel room in the middle of nowhere, so <laughs> so I did not put a do not disturb sign on. And we, um, so we did the tasting and that's the feedback we got. And the other feedback we got was that you were too ambitious and too excited. And I think as a woman, you know, we get that feedback because we're trying to, who's going to, who's going to really put us out there if we don't do it for ourselves? Who's going to advocate for us? Right. And I think sometimes people are not used to that, to seeing how you're just so cheerful and positive about an opportunity. And the model that we actually presented to them was not just about the food, but it was giving back to the community. And that's one thing you're going to find with all of our models, expansion models, is that we try to incorporate giving back to our community. And, you know, in that model, we had hiring from homeless shelters, from their culinary program and from women, um, battered women shelters from their culinary program and their certification to address the challenges of hiring. Right. We have a hiring challenge right now in the hospitality industry. So we were able to address that challenge to this organization while giving back to our community. And also putting a percentage of that profit to local organizations, nonprofit local organizations. And I I just think that, you know, they were just scared. They were like, no one has ever done this before. And they were not ready for the work that was cut out for them. They wanted something easier. And they came to us and said someone else did a tasting. And then I come to find out if you know, a few days ago recently that they approached the other company, which was not women minority owned, which had no model of giving back to the community, which did not have the model of hiring from culinary programs such as, you know, the homeless shelters and the battered women shelters. And it really struck, it it, it struck me in a very negative way of what people out there um, perceive as success and perceive as, you know, over ambitious, you know, and how they saw this model and just said, okay, this is going to be too complicated for us. And we do not want to work. We want something easy just to like, you know, we'll sit here and get our paycheck and not have something as amazing as this. And um, that opened a huge door for us. It really did. And everything happens. Again, I would say this because, you know, it was a blessing in disguise that we got rejected because something else came out of that. It was a huge opportunity for us to expand our hot sauce, expand our cuisine, and also expand our syrup. So I want to thank those guys, really, (laughs) for saying no, because I was too ambitious 
for that project. I love that. You know, I mean, I think sometimes in life, like we really get those moments where people want to stop you and they don't want you to pursue your passion and being passionate and, and being positive and, and really seeing that end goal makes people uncomfortable and it makes them nervous and they don't like it. Right. And, and yeah. I just, um, unfortunately, you know, that's, that's something that we have to overcome, but sometimes those situations that as painful as it is opens up new opportunities. And I am just thrilled. I kind of think about that, like with my ex, you know, back like 20 years ago, like, thank you for giving me the opportunity to like have a whole new life because as hard as that was, it's like, I would never be where I am today and doing all the things I am if that situation didn't happen. Um, and I, I think it's absolutely wonderful. Um, so tell us now what's next. Like we've got all these things in the works and you know, we haven't even gone through the other celebrity in the household, your daughter. That's like a whole nother episode, by the way, uh, Vidyan's daughter. It's like literally on Broadway. Uh, but we've got to give her a shout out so everybody can watch her shows. But tell us what's next. Um, and I'm saying next in like the next three months, because God knows where you'll be in six months. But what's coming up quickly and soon? Well, I have to say, I don't know where I'm going to be, right? Because I'm traveling every week for those expansions. And I just see ourselves as being one of the, you know, major um, vegan food service groups out there. I think we're, that's where we're heading. And um, it takes a lot of hard work, but we're working with the right people, different hospitality groups. We're talking to big, big hotel chains, and I'm not going to call names. Um, mid-sized hotel chains, you know, also working with big, big name hospitality groups to kind of, you know, help us distribute our products nationwide and get that, get our products out there. And also working with Chief to curate some menu for their flagship. So um, that's another thing I'm really excited about because we're part of Chief and um, they're so amazing. These women really understand the challenges that it took to get them to where they're at and they, and they're there for us. Right. And I can tell you that I will not be here today, if not for the support emotionally as well that I get from chief. I mean, it's such, it's such a great organization and network to be part of. So I'm really thankful for that. And I, I see myself launching these expansion models in being successful and um, just, you know, being able to enjoy more of my daughter, <laughs> which has been really challenging um, because, you know, I'm with her sometimes and I'm not fortunately I'm with her this week and then I got to fly out again next week and then fly out for other launches that we're doing. But hopefully I can be with her for longer periods during her tour. So she is, I'm getting into her now. <laughs> what, you know, what she, what she's currently doing. She is young Anna in the Broadway Frozen tour that is touring nationwide right now. Ah, so if you all see young Anna, you'll see Mini Vidya, tell, <laughs> tell us her name again. Our our star, um, young Anna Saheli Khan. Saheli Khan. Oh my God, yes. so wonderful. Um, 
I couldn't agree with you more on chief and for our listeners, I'm, I'm sure like you're hearing me talk about chief every now and then, but just so you all know, chief is a private membership organization for executive women um, in positions of power to keep them in power um, all through supporting each other. And that is how I met Vidya and I couldn't agree with you more. It's such a wonderful um, organization of supportive women. And we've all gone through our challenges and we're resilient and we continue to be. And it just makes it even easier when you have um, the support group. So, you know, I'm thankful that that's how I met you. And I just can't, it's very exciting for what's to come. Yes, likewise. And as I said, it's such a great organization with the support that we get from each other. And again, not just professionally, but emotionally, you know, it's just a text away, you know, a person. It's just a tax away. And it's it feels so good because before joining Chief, I was so lost in, you know, climbing the corporate ladder and opening these businesses. I'm like, how do women do it? And um, and it's just we're all been there. And it's so it's such an awakening to know that I'm not alone in this, right? We've all had very similar challenges of family and career goals. And it just makes you, it just makes it an easier journey. Absolutely. A very pleasant and fun journey at that. (laughs) Yes. Well, Vidya, it was so great um, talking to you. I feel like we need to get you back on in a few months, like next quarter to see uh, just everything that's um, happening with, with with all the good work that you guys are doing. And I just can't wait to, to see how that all comes together. Your, your vision the giving back, because you and I have talked through so much of that. Like we didn't even tap into all that you've done to help your staff and your team during the hardest times with COVID and, you know, all that good stuff. And I trust if there's anybody that can really make this work and do something in a big, impactful, meaningful way, it's you, it's somebody that's been doing it. And and now you're going to, you know, have the support to scale and, and bring your goodness everywhere. Um, so I'm super excited for that. Oh, thank you so much for this opportunity. It, you know, it's a really great platform and I would, you know, I hope that I inspired other, you know, entrepreneurs out there, just not just women, but anyone who's thinking about going into the hospitality industry. Definitely. I'm a DM away on Instagram. Follow me, Chef Vidya Maharaj or Chef Demiologist as they call me, but I will be more than happy to talk with you about my journey and any advice I can give, um, because I think it's important. I had to learn it the hard way <laughs> by mm-hmm. myself, right? Um, on my own with the support again of my family and my team. But I think, you know, if I can give advice to someone that can possibly help them not have to go through the same things that we went through, then I would be more than happy to do so. So just feel free to message me anytime. Excellent. So let's say that one more time. It's at Chef Vidya Maharaj Maharaj um, on Instagram. And I know all of you are on Instagram because we're, you know, hope it, trying to keep connected. So we will see more of um, Chef Vidya. And thank you so much for joining us today. I wish you all the best. And I'm just um, super excited. And I, I really hope we get to see each other next week. Yes. 
Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening. Served Up is brought to you by Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits. Produced by Zunu.online. Music by We Kill the Lion can be found on Spotify. Make sure to subscribe to be notified of future Served Up episodes. Cheers!